Hello, this is the Readers Club. I'm your host Adil and today we're continuing the book from last week's episode, Cabin Fever, from the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. Let's start from where we left off, page 27. So now we're not even allowed to touch each other or even run. Today people were playing air tag and even getting around by speed walking, but it really wasn't the same. If you ask me, I think people are getting too carried away with all this safety stuff. I went to Manny's Wee soccer game and all the kids had to wear bicycle helmets. The only good thing about the playground equipment had being gone is now that I actually have a chance to start doing well in school. Page 28. I'm one of those people who has a hard time focusing when the teacher is talking. And when another class is having recess outside the window, it's practically impossible to pay attention. Wednesday. Okay, I take back what I said about being glad the playground equipment is now gone. Now, the kids at recess don't have anything to do, so they're just staring through the windows. And that's seriously distracting when you're trying to take a test. Page 29. It doesn't help that I'm not exactly the fast test test taker. In third grade, I had a teacher named Mrs. Sinclair who taught us all these great tricks for remembering multiplication facts. But they seriously slow me down. One had the tune of Mary had a little lamb, and that's slow. Earlier this year, we had a math teacher named Mr Sparks, who used to stand on his chair every time he wanted us to remember something. Page 30. But once, when Mr Sparks was trying to get us to remember a math concept, one of the legs on his chair broke, and he fell. Mr Sparks broke his collarbone, and I heard he's suing the school over it. I don't remember the concept he was trying to teach us that day, but I do always remember never to stand on the furniture. During recess today, everyone is waiting to go back inside, but then Rowley got up and started skipping around the playground. Page 31. A few people started cheering and clapping. They must have thought Rowley was protesting against all the new rules by skipping instead of running. But the truth is, skipping is just something Rowley likes to do. For some reason, it really gets on my nerves when Rowley skips, so it bugged me to see him prancing around the, the playground like that. Skipping is actually a real sore subject between the two of us. Rowley says I'm jealous of him because I don't know how to skip, but I just think it looks stupid. Page 32. I will admit that I never actually got the hang of skipping. In fact, I was the only kid in first grade who couldn't do it. They said, that's galloping. I was afraid I'd be held back until I learned how to skip, but luckily they moved on to second grade. Still, I'm I'm worried it's going to come back to haunt me later on. Page 33. Sometimes I wonder how me and Rowley ended up being friends in the first place, since we're so different. But at this point, I figure we're stuck with each other, so I try to overlook the things he does to annoy me. Thursday. The thing that stinks about having Santa's scout watching my every move at home is that I can't get away with things I used to during the holidays. A few years ago, mum and dad put some gifts under the tree a week before Christmas and it was driving me crazy not knowing what they were. Page 34. One of the gifts had my name on it and I was pretty sure it was a video game. I made a tiny little tear in the wrapping paper to see and sure enough, it was a game I'd asked for. But then it was bugging me that a game I wanted was sitting right under there under the tree. And I couldn't play it. So I went one step further and made a slit along the top of the packaging and slid the box out. I opened the plastic case and removed the game that put the box back in with the wrapping paper and taped it closed. But I started to get paranoid that mum was going to pick up the present and noticed it felt lighter. So I put it back up and put one of Roderick's heavy metal CDs in the box to make sure it was the same way as it was before. Page 35. I played the video game every night and... Every night after mum and dad went to bed and I actually beat it, but I forgot to put it back in the box. And on Christmas Day, when I opened my present in front of mum and dad, Roderick's lady slipped out and rolled onto the floor. Page 36. 
The day after Christmas, mum took the CD to the game hut and chewed the clerk off for selling her material that was inappropriate for kids. I just do not like not knowing what I'm getting for Christmas and sometimes I can't help myself. Last year, I went to mum's email account and wrote to all our relatives to see if I could find out what they were getting me. But mum keeps her email on the computer in the kitchen and it's hard to get onto her account when Santa's scout is watching me like a hawk. Tonight I spent some time trying to decide what to put on my Christmas wish list. I try to be as specific as possible when I make my list because whenever I leave my gifts with mum and dad, I get some crazy stuff. A few years ago I forgot to write out a wish list and I paid the price for it. Mum was pregnant with Manny and she wanted to get me ready for having a baby brother. Page 38. So for Christmas, mum got me a doll. At first, I didn't want anything to do with it. Then, page 39. Then, I realised having a doll you could feed came in handy. In fact, I don't think a vegetable touched my lips for a month after I got our friendo. But that wasn't the only thing I used the doll for. I found out that he made a really excellent comic book stand too. I have to admit, after a few months, I got really attached to that doll. Page 40. Since I didn't have a pet, it was kind of nice to have something to take care of me for once. But one day, I came home from school and I couldn't find Alfredo anywhere. I searched the house from top to bottom, but there was no trace of him. The only thing I could think of was I dropped Alfredo up at some point and somehow didn't notice. 41. I was pretty torn up about losing my doll, but what I was really worried about was mum thinking I couldn't be trusted around my baby brother. So I got a grapefruit out of the fridge and drew a face on it with a marker. Then I wrapped the grapefruit in a dish towel and for the next three months I pretended it was my doll. Page 42. Mum and dad didn't really seem to notice, but I was terrified by the idea that the real Alfredo was going to find his way back home and get his revenge on me for abandoning him and replacing him with the fruit. In fact, I still worry about to this day. It's the reason I always check to make sure my window is locked before I go to bed at night. I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I actually got attacked to that grapefruit too. But after a while, it started to rot and Dad traced the wheels mode back to my Alfredo decoy. Mum didn't seem too upset that I'd lost my doll, but I will say she's never left me alone in the house with money for more than 15 minutes. Like I said though, it was nice to have something to take care of and I miss that feeling. So these days, I've been spending a lot of time playing this game called Net Critters. Page 44. In fact, I've been playing net critters every free second I get. The basic idea is that you have to feed your pet and keep it happy. And if your pet is happy, you get tokens so you can buy clothes and furniture and stuff like that. I've played this uh, game so much that my pet Chihuahua has a mansion with an indoor swimming pool, a bowling alley and about 150 different outfits. The only thing I'm not happy about is his name. Mum's the one who set up my account and I can't figure out how to change the name she's registered with. Mum says I take better care of my virtual pet than I do myself and I guess I can't argue with her there. Over the weekend, I played for 16 hours without even taking a break to go to the bathroom. But if you don't keep getting your pet new stuff, it starts to look really unhappy and that stresses me out. Page 46. The problem is you can only earn a certain number of tokens and after that you have to buy them with real money. Unfortunately, I don't have my own credit card so that means I have to beg my mum and dad to use theirs. And it's really not that easy to convince Dad to break open his wallet so he can buy a fancy outfit for your virtual pet. This year, I'm going to ask for a bunch of critters cash for my Christmas, but I'm still trying to figure out what to put on the rest of my wish list. I could use a lot of different things because a couple of weeks ago, when I spent the night at the hospital getting my tonsils out, Manny sold half of everything I owned. Page 47. But I'm not so sure I should ask for a normal gift like a video game or a toy this year. What I've realised is that every time you get something cool for your birthday or for Christmas, within a week, it's being used against you. Page 48. One thing I know for sure is that 
This year, I'm only accepting store-bought presents. Last Christmas, mum gave me a really nice hand-knit blanket and I had that thing wrapped around me for half the winter. But I found a picture of the same blanket on Great Uncle Bruce, who passed away a few years ago, so I pawned it off onto Roderick for his birthday. Page 49. Sunday. I was going to play net critters all weekend, but yesterday mum said that an unhealthy amount of time I'm spending on that game is unhealthy and I had to interact with a real-life person, so I called up Rowley and asked him to come over even though I was still a little, bit, a little bit bothered by the whole skipping thing. When Raleigh got to my house, we sat down in front of the TV to play video games, but Mum said we had to shut off the machine and interact face to face. But one of those things that makes my friendship with Raleigh work is that he doesn't mind watching me play video games. Page 50. Plus, the reason our ancestors invented technology in the first place was that so they didn't have to interact with one another. Mum sent me and Raleigh down to the basement and the two of us tried to figure out what to do. I'd ask Rowley to bring some DVDs with him so we could stay up late watching movies, but he only bought home movies and you couldn't pay me to watch those. Mum brought us down some wacky sentences books where you fill in the blanks to create funny phrases. Page 51. For the first round, Rowley came up with some words and I wrote them down in the blanks. The phrases were we made were actually pretty funny, but what wasn't funny was Rowley's new habit of saying LOL instead of laughing. For example, our cafeteria has really smelly food, lol. The pizza in, is purple and the french fries are slimy, lol, lol. It was really driving me crazy, so we switched roles and I came up with the words instead. Rowley started asking me for the name of a sport, so I said volleyball, but he told me it's volleyball with a B. So then we got into a huge argument about what the letter volleyball starts with. I found a dictionary and handed it to Rowley and told him to look it up, but instead of flipping to the letter V, Rowley read every single word in the B section, and when he couldn't find volleyball, he started over from the beginning. Rowley accused me of having an outdated dictionary, and that's why volleyball wasn't in it. So then we got into an argument about what year volleyball was invented. By this point, Rowley was really getting on my nerves, and I realised we better change gears or we were going to end up in a fight as usual. I told Rowley maybe we should do something different and he said he wanted to play hide and seek but the problem with playing hide and seek with Rowley is that he thinks when you can, he can't see you, you can't see him. So that makes him really easy to find. I decided we just need a break from each other so I came with an idea. I told Rowley we were going to see who's braver, me or him, and we stepped outside the glass, sliding glass door. Each of us had to walk into the woods and write our name on the tree fort we built last summer and whoever chickened out was wrong about volleyball and had to call the other guy sir for the rest of his life. Rowley seemed to think that this was a fair deal. I told Rowley I'd go first and walked into the woods but as soon as I knew he couldn't see me I ran round to the front of my house. There was no way I was going to go into those woods by myself at night. I had my re- I'd written my name on the tree fort when me and Rowley had built it over the summer and that's the reason I came up with the dare. I walked in the front door, made a bowl of ice cream and relaxed for a while and I had to I had to say some time to myself was just what I needed. Once I'd finished my ice cream, I walked around the side of the house, rubbed some dirt on my face and clothes, then came out of the woods. I probably shouldn't have added the last part because Rowley totally gave up on the day after that. Anyway, the break was just what the doctor ordered and the rest of the night was argument free. This morning, my family headed to church and Rowley came with us. I don't think Rowley's family really goes to church that much, so he's not used to all the rules and what you're supposed to do and when. So I always have to tell him when you have to kneel and stand and all that. Towards the end, we all did the peace be with you part, where you're supposed to shake everyone's hand. I said peace be with you to Rowley and he started giggling. (laughs) 
I think he must have thought I'd said peas be with you, like the vegetable. I don't think Raleigh and, uh, totally understood that you're supposed to just sh- shake hands with the people either. Because when the woman in the pew behind us said, peace be with you, Raleigh gave her a big wet kiss on the cheek. After church, we dropped Raleigh off at his house and I was glad he was gone that I could, so that I could go back to play my game. And something tells me mum felt the same way. Tuesday. Today I'll play net critters in my room and mum walked in. She watched for a while, then asked what I was doing. I explained that I was watching my chihuahua watch TV because if you're Virtual pet watches at least two hours of commercials a day. It makes him happy and you get 20 bonus tokens. Then I asked mum if she wouldn't mind spotting me 10 books because the net critter store just started carrying trampoline shoes and I was pretty sure my little friend would really love to have them. But I guess I picked the wrong time to ask mum for a loan because it seemed like she was in a really bad mood. She said I don't have uh, any appreciation for the value of money and that if I wanted to pay for my net critter's habit, I was going. it was going to have to come out of my own pocket. I told mum I don't have any money of my own and that's why I kept hanging up her and dad. But she said there was plenty of things I could do to earn some. She said it's supposed to snow tonight and I could go out and shovel our neighbour's driveway tomorrow. I really don't feel comfortable knocking on people's doors and asking our neighbours for money. My school has three fundraisers a year and I have to go from house to house begging people I hardly know to buy something from me. And half the time, I really don't know what I'm selling. I wish the school would give us something useful to sell, like candy bars or cookies. The Girl Scouts are lucky because they get to sell stuff people actually want. The way the system works with all these fundraisers is that us students do all the work and the school gives us these junky prizes as rewards. One time, I sold $20 worth of gourmet coffee beans and all I got was a cheap yo-yo that broke before I even got off school property. But Rowley really got stiffed. He sold $150 worth of beans and got a Chinese finger trap as a prize. It actually worked like it was supposed to, but Rowley couldn't get his fingers out and his mum had to cut it off when he got home. Last year, the school tried something different. They had us sell raffle tickets and whoever won the raffle would get a spring yard clean-up from the 7th grade class. Mrs Sprangler, who lives down the street from me, won the raffle and on the first day of spring, the whole 7th grade showed up at our house, but there were only two rigs for all those kids, so most of us just ended up sitting around with nothing to do. And by the time the spring cleanup was done, Mrs Sprangler's yard was worse off than when it started. The new thing the school is doing is these walkathons. The idea is that we'll walk around the track at school a certain number of times, like 100 or 200 laps, and get our neighbours to sponsor us for each lap be complete. I can understand asking someone to pay for seeds or coffee beans or whatever, but I don't know what kind of person gets pleasure out of having some kid walk around the football field a hundred times. The reason the school put on the walkathon in September was so that they could pay for a billboard near the town park. I couldn't figure out why the school just didn't skip the walkathon and have the kids clean up the town park instead, but I guess if the seventh grade was involved, they might have completely trashed it. I've done the maths and I've figured out that each grown up on my street gives me an average of $23 a year for school fundraisers. So I should just invite all the neighbours to my house once a year and tell them to bring me 23 bucks in cash because it would save a lot of everyone a lot of pain and anguish. Wednesday. It snowed last night, just like my mum said it would. And while all the other kids in the neighbourhood were enjoying their day off school, I was pounding the pavement looking for work. I thought about whose door I should knock on first, but it wasn't easy. Miss Dorotcha lives right across the street, but she's a little too affectionate and I try to do my best to avoid her. Page 68. Then there's Mr Alexander who moved into the Sneller's house. He must not have worn braces as a kid because his teeth aren't very straight. Unfortunately, the first time Dad met Mr Alexander was on Halloween and Dad must have thought his teeth weren't real. So he said, haha, those teeth are really hilarious. So I decided to skip Mr Alexander's house too. 
There are people who live on my street that I haven't spoken to in years. When I was about four, mum and dad had a cocktail party for some of the couples in the neighbourhood and I went downstairs during the party to use the bathroom. Page 69. But I guess back then I didn't know you were supposed to keep the door locked so Mr Harkin walked right in on me. When I was done, I found mum and told her Mr Harkin and I'm sure he felt like a jerk. So I'm not about to knock on the door of some guy I ratted out when I was in preschool and ask him for money either. Today I realised there's just too much history between me and the people in my neighbourhood, so I decided to go on a new on a street over the Prentice Lane and start afresh. I walked up to a house in the corner and knocked on the door, but I recognised the lady who answered. She was Mrs Melcher, one of Grandma's friends from Bingo. I told Mrs Melcher I was trying to earn a little money shoveling people's driveways and that I'd be happy to do hers for five bucks. But she told me she never gets visitors and invited me in to chat. I didn't want to be rude, so the next thing I knew I was sitting in Mrs Melcher's living room surrounded by the lawn ornaments she had taken inside for the winter. I felt a little uncomfortable, but I figured if I was going to ask someone for the money that at least I could do was try to be polite. But all I could think about this whole time was how I sat there, how much money I could have been making if I had knocked on someone else's door instead. I must have been in there for an hour before I was finally able to steer the conversation back to me shoveling her driveway, but Mrs Melcher said her son was coming in a pickup truck any minute and he plows her driveway for free. So that's an hour of my life I'll never get back. I headed back onto Prentice Street and started knocking on doors. I guess more people, most people were at work, so it took me a while to find someone who was actually home. I finally got lucky when a guy who looked like he'd just woken up came to the door. I told him I'd shovel his driveway for five bucks and he said it was a deal. I got to work and I was making pretty good progress, but it started snowing again whilst I was shoveling. By the time I'd finished, it had snowed so much that you could barely tell I'd done any work. So I rang the doorbell and asked the guy if he wanted me to shovel his driveway again for another five books, but he wouldn't go for it. And to make things worse, the guy said that he wasn't going to pay me the first five books until his driveway was clear like I promised. See, this is why it's a good idea to have a contract before you start working for someone. I got back out there and started shoveling, but so much snow was falling that I was getting nowhere. Then I had an idea. Grandma's house was only a few streets away and I remembered that she'd keep salon mower in the garage. So I walked over to her place and pushed the mower back into the driveway I was working on. I thought the snow mowing idea was genius and I believe no one had ever thought of it before. Unfortunately, it didn't go as smoothly as I hoped it would. I thought the snow would shoot out of the other side but the blade cut right through it and the snow stayed where it was. Eventually, the mower started making funny sounds and then all of a sudden, it stopped. Thanks for listening to the Readers Club. Tune in next time to continue reading Cabin Fever. Bye for now.